2: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. dot com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, September twenty fourth. Clay Link here, along with Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski fifty two. I'm at Clay W Link. Week three, starting night. Jake, you know this matchup. I'm not that interesting. and of course I'm going to watch it Giants three and a half point favorites at home over under 44 I think Odell Beckham probably the only must start in this matchup yeah that's quite it. frankly I'd
1: say that's a safe bet between the two of them I'm in a bit of a tough spot where I've got to use Rashad Jennings in a couple of places mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks that picked up Matt Jones on the waiver wire are thinking about starting him I have I have a tough time with the whole Matt Jones Alfred Morris dilemma. Like, mm-hmm. do I still start Morris in the leagues where where I have him, or go fully over to Jones? Or if you have them both, think about starting them both. I mean, the mm-hmm. Giants' run defense is towards the bottom. Uh, I mean, granted, only two weeks in, but or I am sorry, actually, uh, they're actually towards the top of. Um, of rushing yards allowed per game, just 68 per game over the first two weeks. That's uh, only Dallas and Buffalo have allowed more or less rushing yards so far, so possibly something to think about there if you are thinking about starting Morris or getting on the Matt Jones hype train. So I don't know. I I don't really like it being on a short week, over-under for the game, just 44. So uh, I'm exploring other options, but at the same time, I, I'm using Matt Jones as an RB2 in a few places.
2: Yeah, I think that's reasonable, and I think if you have Morris – you know, you're probably going to have to start him, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, if you have better options, uh, I'd say if if you can avoid starting him, I would, just because uh, the emergence of Jones has uh, scared me off of a fair amount. But I think if you have Morris, chances are you don't have much better flex or RB2 options, so uh, I think chances are you're going to give him a role. I think Shane Vereen, I kind of got a gut feeling about him in this one, even though the Redskins' mm-hmm. defense on the ground hasn't been terrible. Uh, I, I just feel like if Jennings is unable to get it done between the tackles, maybe Vereen is a the guy they run a little wheel route, so some mm-hmm. stuff on the outside, get him in space. But I still don't think I'm going to start him. I have a dilemma like him or Legarrette Blunt and I hate Legarrette Blunt but I feel like he, uh, I feel like he's going to bounce back and play more than he did last week. I think that first half benching was really Belichick's way of punishing him more for for that suspension.
1: Yeah, I have a weird feeling about LeGarrette Blunt this week. And the Patriots running back situation is one of the toughest to predict. But at the same time, I'm not saying he's going to have a Jonas Gray four touchdown game, but I no. think he at least gets a couple opportunities to see the end zone this week mm-hmm. as opposed to last week in a game where they're favored by a ton and expect to see plenty of red zone looks. So I'm even using him a little bit in daily when I can. See, if it was PPR, this league is not PPR.
2: I'd probably go with Marine. Just because mm-hmm. he has a higher floor, yep. But it's it's just standard. So even though, Blunt had four yards last week, I still think he's going to be more heavily involved. That's that's the thing. You don't know which way they're going to go week to week. But I think that matchup last week against the Bills, allowed the Patriots to they didn't want to play into their strengths. And Garrett just pounding him inside would have played right into the the Bills hands. So I think mm-hmm. they, they were smart to get Dion Lewis a, a shiftier back the ball more and keep Blunt kind of on the sidelines and, and use him more in future weeks which is something I think they do this week so yeah n- not a ton of fantasy stars tonight but I think I think the Giants bounce back and win this one I think they're better than what they've shown so far I think they cover as well what would you say there
1: yeah I'd be right there with you I think if I had a pick for a side I, I'd take the Giants at minus three and a half I think the Eli Manning Odell Beckham connection is going to hook up at least once maybe twice and and they get enough other than that although Redskins do have the have allowed the least amount of yards through the first couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. you kind of get to see a little bit of a clash here of, of of two squads, I guess, or units that are nearer at the top of their class.
2: Move on to the Sunday games here, starting with Falcons and Cowboys. This one a pick with Brandon Whedon getting the start for the Cowboys. Over under at 45 here. You know, this is a situation where Julio was limited in practice, but that was just maintenance. Devontae Freeman is somebody who's going to step in with Tevin Coleman hurt. He's got that fractured rib. It hasn't been formally ruled out for this week. I think it's a given that he is. It's going to be a pain tolerance issue in the weeks ahead. Devontae Freeman steps in, only 4,600 on DraftKings. Given his ability through the air, I think you, and you know the, the volume on the ground, I think it's going to be... A uh, pretty busy day for him. Is, is he almost a must-play for you in PPR formats this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have him in a season-long league, I, I'd go absolutely deploy him. He's a perfectly acceptable RB2, so he'll be a good shot. Although the Cowboys do have the best run defense through, of course, only through two weeks. Uh, I don't mean to continue bringing up these rankings, I guess, because s- small sample size so far. But, I mean, Devontae Freeman at 4,600 on DraftKings. DraftKings is a PPR format, and he probably gets... 125 to 145 all-purpose yards I'm thinking with probably more coming through the air I'm not sure maybe that's a little bit of a bold statement there but I think that with Brandon Whedon playing quarterback for the Cowboys here he'll uh the Falcons D I'm targeting them in a lot of places Falcons D only 2,900 on DraftKings Uh, so if the Falcons find themselves ahead in this game uh in Jerry world which you know that easier said than done but you know, Devonta Freeman can get more uh, touches that way as well.
2: I'm kind of buying into the Cowboys' defense. They looked great against the Eagles last week. Now the Eagles have all kinds of issues offensively, and it, it's probably not all the Cowboys' defense there in that game. But I, I really do think Sean Lee looks great, and I think this unit's probably going to keep them in the mix if they even go three and four while Roma was out. They have the bye week in there. I mean, they're two and zero oh now. They're going to be in good, pretty good shape. I, I don't think. I think the defense is going to carry this team over the next several weeks and allow them uh, to to stay at least in the hunt. And as far as Freeman goes, and this is a guy who's averaged 3.3 yards per carry. I do think he's a pretty safe bet in, in PPR just given the, the number of targets he will see, but uh, he's already seen 12 through the first two weeks. I'd imagine that probably even tick up this week, but uh, I just worry about his ability to get it done on the ground. I don't see him having a big day, but at the same time, Five catches, probably at least 50 mm-hmm. total yards. Yeah. So even that is mm-hmm. plenty enough. Just to that alone gets you double-digit points in a yeah.
1: PPR, so you'll be set to go there.
2: Yeah, anybody else you like here? Joseph Randall, maybe Roddy White?
1: I don't know. After seeing Roddy White's targets get diminished last week, I, I don't like him as much this week. I Maybe a wide receiver three if you have to. Joseph Randall, you're probably starting, I, I would say, I, if you know, if it came down to start sit, it always depends on the format. But I think Joseph Randall's not a terrible matchup this week. I think that run game tries to get going a little bit more often.
2: Yeah, I think so too. And th- For the Cowboys, Terrence Williams, of course, hooked up with Brandon Whedon on that little slant play. The coverage was some of the worst coverage I've seen all year. I mean, again, small sample. But uh, do, do you think Terrence Williams given his role now in this offense is kind of locked in all season long and probably as a top DFS play?
1: I would say that he's almost a lock for double digit targets. He was a top DFS play last week, I would say, but I think his ownership will be higher this week. And so will his price a little bit. And for those reasons, he's not necessarily a a lock as a DFS play. But at the same time, there's, uh, there's plenty of opportunities where, you know, if you're deciding between terrence williams and player b and c and the roles aren't aren't quite the same i think you got to go terrence williams at least until the price catches up
2: moving on here colts at titans uh colts three point favorites on the road over under 45 here oh and two start for the colts and man that was ugly on monday night 20 to 7 against the jets and andrew luck i mean even with you know dante moncrief Really, kind of emerging. He was really written off. I, I didn't understand it in the preseason, but Andre Johnson really looks like a shell of himself right now. And I think hmm. Moncrief remains involved to a large extent. Are you buying into the the Colts here, taking care of business and, and beating the t- team they should beat in the Titans in this road matchup?
1: Yeah I mean if they if they don't win this game then it's it's pretty much full-on panic mode both on the offensive line and the defensive side of the ball and maybe a little bit of luck but I I know our our cover boy Andrew Luck this year has has been disappointing a lot of owners so far I can see this finally being a game that T.E. turns it around a little bit now granted they're going on the road but I don't know I think the defense might be able to snag a takeaway or two from the young quarterback and, and maybe they can get some momentum going uh so I'm starting, well, you're obviously starting Luck as your quarterback one. There's no question about that. It'd be way too early to consider a change there. But I'm starting Moncrief in a lot of places as a wide receiver three. I think if T.Y. Hilton's back, you give him a go as well.
2: Colts, a bottom 10 rush defense so far through the first two weeks and don't really like this unit whatsoever. You like Bishop Sankey to maybe bounce back in this one? I mean, he really came back to earth last week, which was expected, but yeah, uh, I, I think this is a, a pretty favorable matchup for him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll be safe to say that he is the lead back and uh, should be should be given most of the carries there. So, again, it really depends on the game flow in this one, I think. If uh, the Colts are able to jump out to an early lead, Sankey could very well have another 40-yard day, but if the game's close and Tennessee runs the ball like they want to, then uh, I, I think there's a very good chance that he has a has potentially a 100-yard day. So I guess it could go both ways. I'm not saying Sankey too much more than an RB2 in a deeper league or, or maybe a flex play. Uh, I mean, in, in one league I'm using both Joseph Randall and Rashad Jennings over Sankey, so I'm not super optimistic about it, but I would consider it depending mm-hmm. on the type of format you're in.
2: Flex play maybe in deeper leagues. I do worry that maybe Andrew Lux in this Colts offense clicks and the – the Titans have to play from behind, and then it's Dexter McCluster time. Ten carries for 98 yards from McCluster uh, in the last game against Cleveland. Really outproduced Sankey by a mile here, and four receptions, too, for 26 yards. Maybe even if they're not down the whole game, maybe they just look to get McCluster involved just given the shiftiness, maybe have it more of an even timeshare, even though I do think Sankey is the guy they want between the tackles for the most part, and when the game is close, really pounding and wearing down that defensive line.
1: Yeah, that's the plan, and and is going to be obviously the leader for goal line carries as well. I, I don't think the acquisition of Terrence West or anything really affects the the role for either of these two players.
2: Browns hosting the Raiders this weekend. Browns three point favorites at home. Over under forty two and a half. Raiders surprising victory that that killed me in Survivor. It was a it was a disaster this week in Survivor not only for me but for everybody. Uh, a lot of people taking the the. Uh, Saints, of course, at home, and they got upset by the Buccaneers. I like how Liz referred to it as the Red Wedding episode of mm-hmm. uh, Survivor. It was just brutal. I think like four out of the hundred teams in the one of the RotoWire pools advanced. So it was, it was ugly. You know, the Raiders coming into Cleveland, I think, make for a kind of a. I kind of like them in this matchup. I, I, at least to cover here, if I were betting against the spread. And probably. You know, I just don't trust the Browns, especially given their decision making, going back to Josh McCown after Johnny football really endeared himself not only to the fan base, but I think his teammates to a large extent too. I think mm-hmm. his teammates are really kind of gonna be upset if McCown flounders again out of the gate and uh but at the same time I think they had some, some concerns with Johnny's, you know, ball security. Fumbled four times, losing two yep. of them so I understand it, but do you think it's only a matter of time before Johnny gets this job back?
1: Well, I mean, you got to think about the head coach here. Mike Patton for the Browns is a defensive-minded coach. He he came up through the league primarily focused on the defensive side of the ball. And what gets on a guy like that's nerves more than turning the ball over. And regardless of, regardless of if those fumbles were lost or not, I mean, Manziel, uh, you know, I, I was kind of seeing this this morning. He, he offers... A dimension that McCown can't really offer but at the same time he might just be a little bit more reckless with the football and you don't want to put your defense in a tough spot especially at home when you should have the advantage already so I think that's where Patton's line of thinking is but I mean if you get McCown in there because he gives you the best chance to win how much different does your season go if you win six games and seven games this mm-hmm. year you're still outside of the playoffs at least if you use Johnny Manziel you have an idea of where your future is going exactly. and if you have to use a first round pick on a quarterback again within the next couple of years. So, yeah,
2: after you already use one, you have that kind of investment in a quarterback mm-hmm. you see what you got.
1: Yeah, I think you have to at this point. Uh, the As far as a stardom sit him for this game, I'm actually quite a bit worried about Travis Benjamin. I mean, all of his. Outside of the punt return, of course, that was on his own. But the other two big plays were with Johnny Football throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. And it was, believe it or not, Johnny Manziel, I think, has more 50-plus yard completions than anybody else through two weeks. That's yeah. seems I don't think
2: anybody it, else has more than one. Yeah, He has three. Yeah,
1: and he has three. Th- thank you to Travis Benjamin. Yeah. And all of that production has came with, with Johnny Football at quarterback. So with McCown coming in and taking the reins, I know Eric and I were pretty high on Benjamin on the waiver wire on Tuesday, but I'm going to go ahead and pull back there and and I'm going to wait on using him in my starting lineup until Menzel, if for when or maybe not, but when he gets a chance to start again.
2: Yeah, uh, just one last thing on McCown. Remember the play he got hurt on, where he dove into the end zone. Yeah, he got tried helicoptered. To go, he tried to oh, go Elway, Yeah, like and then he fumbled too. Like if yeah. that guy gives you your best chance to win, come on, get out of here. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the most boneheaded play i mean i get that you want to get in the end zone but putting yourself you know in that vulnerable situation leaving yourself open for that kind of hit and then losing the ball too i just don't see how you can reasonably think mccown is a safer bet here i mean i get johnny's had some issues but his upside and the investment you have and he he looked pretty good last week i mean only eight completions but the the rating was through the roof just given the the yards per attempt he had those several big plays so as far as benjamin goes i'm with you not as high on him but i I did pick him up in a return yardage league now he's Mm -hmm. not going to have 150 return yards every week of course but i think that gives you a pretty safe floor in return yardage leagues he's only returning punts but you add that with with a handful of targets he's only seen four in each of the first two weeks I think that's enough to, to maybe be a flex play in return yards.
1: Yeah, I think he should be owned just about across all return yardage leagues. Those are mm-hmm. a little bit unique in the benefit, and the explosiveness that he offers there pretty much affirms all of that regardless of who's playing quarterback. But just the standard league, holding off even on a wide receiver three spot until Manziel takes back over.
2: And offensively for the Raiders, big bounce-back performance. They were bad in week one, but Amari Cooper – Really solid game in week two, as did uh, Michael Crabtree. He had a a solid game as well, with Derek Carr faring better than I expected. But do you expect this Browns defense to give the Raiders more trouble than the Ravens did a week ago?
1: I mean, the Browns have, on paper, a pretty solid defense. And one of those guys, I'm guessing it's Crabtree, but I'm not sure, is going to get challenged, at least, by uh, Joe Hayden. Who is of course a Pro Bowler. Uh, Tremont Williams on the other side is no slouch. He he held his own in Green Bay for many years and and should be doing the same. But now of these guys, even Joe Hayden. Other well, I think I back off on Crabtree a little bit, but I start Cooper if I have yeah. the chance because I I think there'll be a little bit more points scored in this game than the over under indicates unless one of these offense totally totally sputters out. So the. I think Cooper will get his chances. Crabtree will get his chances as well, but I'm leaning more towards Cooper in that situation.
2: Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people talk about Latavius Murray being a top 10 play. I'm a bit hesitant on that. I get volume's going to be there, and the matchup is pretty favorable, but Mm -hmm. I'm hesitant to put him in that range. Yeah,
1: uh, the Browns defensive front seven has, well, I mean the linebackers, pretty much the same crew that they're used to but uh the defensive line you know got some rookies on there and the rookies at least in the rotation and and that's been rough going so far so I think you take advantage of it early on I mean this is a defense that Chris Ivory put up 90 yards and two scores on in week one so just kind of keeping that in mind I think Murray's a a pretty decent play and if you drafted him you drafted him in a spot where you're starting him every week anyway
2: I'm starting him I just don't think he's a RB1 necessarily until he really proves it but Bengals at Ravens. Ravens two-and-a-half point favorites over under here at 44-and-a-half. Ravens, another surprise and 2 team. You see them picking up their first one of the season in this home matchup.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see this going either way. I could see Andy Dalton and A.J. Green having a huge game as well against a pretty rough pass defense. And uh, um, I think the run defense there, of course, with the loss of Terrell Suggs is going to – I think, the, or excuse me, Cincinnati has so many options on offense that they're going to be able to find a way to succeed. Jeremy Hill will be back in action. I know he was kind of a, a potentially a first-round pick in a lot of formats, but he kind of got on the sour side of the staff there by uh, – fumbling twice in week two, but it looks like he'll be back in action. I wouldn't worry about a Belichick inactive type scenario there. But Giovanni Bernard's really seeming to benefit from that uh, quite a bit. I mean, ran for 123 yards on 20 carries last week. So I'm a little bit worried about a more even split, but I think Mm -hmm. both of these guys can be fantasy productive and probably both in the RB2 range.
2: Yeah, Jeremy Hill was somebody that I got the hype on him. You know, He was really good last year, but I thought the industry as a whole was – a little too sure of his status as a, you know, a, a middle of the the road RB one. You know, mm-hmm. I I get, I I had a debate in the preseason about him or Demarco Murray, and Murray's been bad. You know, in large part because of the uh, the Eagles' struggles on the offensive line and just their offense in general. But it, you know, him versus Hill, it's kind of a toss up right now because Hill's weak last week. Killed a lot of teams last week. If you had Hill active, chances are you probably lost unless you had some sort of...
1: Unless you were going up against the guy who had Mike Evans.
2: Yeah, well, very good point. That <laughs> hurt as well. <laughs> that, that killed, yeah, that killed me in several <laughs> leagues. But do you, so you do expect Gio to be uh, pretty heavily involved. I'd say like yeah. 12 touches at least. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, more, I'm more confident in PPR formats, of course, with a guy like Gio who sees more third down reps. Uh, so PPR formats, I think if you have Gio you should try to find a way to work them into your starting lineup with the way this Ravens defense has performed so far. So see if you can get crafty, work them in as a flex or even an RB2. There's uh, there's a lot of space and a lot of opportunity here. And and think of it this way. If Hill does put one more on the ground, then uh, who, that could be one of the last straws there. So yeah, I, I guess we'll wait and see on that.
2: I kind of like the Bengals to win this one. I think Tyler Eifert has another big day. But the Ravens, it is really kind of do or die for them. So I think they'll, they'll definitely bring it. But I just don't know if they have enough talent this year to, to get it done. Jaguars at Patriots. Patriots, big favorites at home. Not a surprise. 14.5 points, over-under at 47.5. starting all your pa- Patriots here? I mean, you said you didn't really love LeGarrette Blount, but pretty much everybody else you have position player-wise got active in this game.
1: I mean, I actually do like Blunt a, a decent amount this week. Oh, yeah, I, I you said you think
2: up. he'll get in the end zone.
1: I could very much see him finding the end zone, and Legarrette Blunt is very, very cheap in daily formats. I'm just checking DraftKings real quick here, so um, yeah, Legarrette Blunt is just four thousand on DraftKings, which oh is incredibly cheap. Mm-hmm. And maybe stay away from him in cash games, but in tournament plays, I think he could. I, I mean, he could fizzle out, but in tournament play, the ownership percentage will probably be pretty low. And if he does have a, a two or even three touchdown game, um, then of course you you put yourself in a very good spot to win. So in tournaments, I'm actually using him this week, uh, with with a little bit of higher expectations because it's not like Belichick and the Patriots to let up. But if this point spread comes to light, they're going to run the ball a lot. And when they do run the ball, they'll they'll do it quite a bit with Legarrette Blunt. I, uh, I think the Jacksonville run interior run defense uh, maybe not quite as great as the Bills as opposed to that. I mean the, that being one of the Bills' biggest strengths on their team. So I think uh, Blunt gets a little bit more involved, um, and but still, of course, if you if you have Julian Edelman or if you have uh, Gronk or, or Brady or those guys, those are all coming out and, and starting as well for you.
2: Yeah, all very strong plays. Now in the Jaguars' backfield, T.J. Yeldon last week, just two point eight yards per carry, but twenty five attempts, also three receptions for thirteen yards. He's touched the ball. I mean, forty three times now for the for, through the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Just the volume alone, I think, is enough to probably warrant a start in most formats. I know Jeff Erickson had him as a top 10 back. He's number 10 back for this week. This week? Yeah, uh, on the value meter. I mean, those are subject to change, but I think he's pretty high on him this week. I also feel pretty good, but do you think the volume alone is enough to warrant those starts in most formats?
1: See, now I pulled a crazy move, and maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot by tinkering too much, but I had seen the high volume. But lack of production over Yeldon for the first couple of weeks, so I'm actually I benched him in favor of Matt Jones tonight. I feel like I just paid forty three yeah, really dollars simple. for Matt Jones on the waiver wire, and I I wanted to use him because the one team where I went all out and spent nearly half of my pretty mo- or more than half of my remaining budget, I did that because I like every other position on my team except for my RB two behind Jamal Charles, and it's because my RB two was Yeldon, and, and maybe I'm not being patient enough. I guess we'll see here, but I think uh, I, I just. Personally, I think Matt Jones has a a little bit better matchup. And say the Jaguars do get behind a ton, is he still going to tote the rock twenty five times on the ground if they get behind three or four touchdowns? So I'm a little bit more hesitant than most. Uh, again, long term, I, I still think he'll be okay in the year. Uh, I just the volume that he's getting seems to signify that he is a clear starter there. But but this week, I, I was hesitant enough to go ahead and use Matt Jones instead.
2: I think that's. Close, definitely, and tough after you spent that money on Jones, and I mm-hmm. do think he's going to be remain heavily involved tonight, so I could see that. Uh, and there is that concern about if the Jaguars get down in a big hole early, so I, I see where you're coming from there. Now, Allen Robinson, big game last week, nice bounce back from week one. I'm starting him over guys like Devontae Adams, Dante Moncrief. Is he a must-start for you as well? I
1: agreed, and I'm actually using him in uh, daily wherever I can as well. I think just the fact that the Jags will be behind in that game and have to pass quite a bit, you, you could very much see a similar line from Robinson that we did last week. He's sitting at only $5,200 on DraftKings as opposed to you know top-wide receivers are, are netting... Eight to nine thousand. I mean, Julio Jones at nine thousand, even Antonio Brown eighty nine hundred. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm using him to save money in a lot of daily spots. I think you can make a perfectly rational case for using Robinson in both cash games and in tournaments, just based on the price where he's at right now. Uh,
2: we'll move on here. Saints at Panthers. Panthers three point favorites at home. Over under forty five. I think heading into last week, you know, a lot of people would be surprised that. Thing. Maybe as maybe this would have been a pick even though the Panthers are at home. But the Panthers are the favorites, again, over under 45. Drew Brees, his status largely up in the air. Uh, both Brees and Coach Sean Payton expressed optimism regarding Brees' chances to play, but given how he looked last week playing with the injury, are you trusting him, Or and does the possibility he gets benched in this one or, or sat down to, to rest the injury affect guys like Brandon Cook, C.J. Spiller to a large extent in your mind.
1: It, it actually kind of does for me. I of course if you have Breeze as your quarterback, you're watching this closely so you can get your backup quarterback in. But I think if if Luke McCown does start this game, I'm not quite as confident in. Um, I mean the backup. He should be okay, but I I just if Breeze hasn't been doing a whole lot offensively with the Saints team, I don't know if I'm confident that McCown will. So it's going to make me a lot more hesitant to start my guys like kind of the lower tier ones like Brandon Coleman. But CJ Spiller would be another guy I would I would be forced to sit this week just because you you don't know exactly how he played last week, but he didn't really have a huge role uh, catching passes out of the backfield, and he is going to be one of those backs that you have a hard time judging on a week-to-week basis. And then, I mean, I think Colston, you still got to go. He's the veteran. He'll be around. He'll get his touches. But, I mean, Brandon Cooks, I might be a little bit worried about it. If him and Drew Brees weren't clicking, do you think him and Luke McCown are really going to click? Plus, there's that
2: ankle injury in play, too. He's banged up. Sounds like they're not especially concerned. He has a pretty good chance to play this week. But Brandon Cooks, given the lack of production and the fact that he's hobbled now, I do think – it's kind of a troubling sign, even though, given where I drafted him in the couple weeks I got him, and I'm gonna probably end up starting him because I just don't have a lot better options. And plus, I'm I'm just gonna have to uh, sink or swim with this guy, given that I spent a second round pick on him. Mm-hmm. So I think most owners probably gonna want him active. Eagles at Jets, tough matchup here again for the Eagles. Jets two and a half point favorites at home, over under forty five and a half. Sam Bradford, man, this is a big disappointment for me. I have him in a lot of spots, but he's looked bad. A lot of miscommunication on this offense as well. So I don't think it's all Bradford just being bad, but uh, I also think it's going to take a while for this offense to really click and for everybody, all the new members of this offense, to really get it down and get it tight, you know, tighten the ship up a little bit. But are you expecting Bradford to have any success against New York after they shut down Andrew Luck last week?
1: I mean, there's a league where I got to pick Bradford or Cam Newton. Cam Newton against the Saints, I'm going. That's a no-brainer for yeah. me. Uh, there are a couple deeper leagues where I ended up putting all my eggs in in one basket, in the Bradford basket, and I'm going to have to start them and tough it out. Not really too happy about that. I think I don't. I mean, even guys like Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar are going to be tough today with the Jets' cornerbacks th- that the way mm-hmm. they are, and. I mean, DeMarco Murray, everyone's kind of dogging him for a slow start, but this is not the matchup for him to turn things around. So I'm avoiding starting as many Eagles as possible. Um, but it, I you know, I always have a hard time saying this because one of those guys is going to have some sort of game or in the passing game. Maybe it's a Zach Ertz week. I guess we'll see. It, it almost depends on what the defense will dictate and what they will give them at this point. But, I mean, I'm not ready to go full-on panic meter on these Eagles, but I'm starting to, in the back of my mind or even in the forefront, starting to work on as as many different contingency plans as possible.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. and I think it's tough to bench Bradford, not necessarily given the, the poor first two weeks, but I just feel like given the style of offense and the volume, even in a tough matchup he could surprise some people and probably have maybe have his best game of the season even in yeah. this one even though those corners are are scary
1: he's a contrarian play in daily yeah. i guess you'd say there's there's room for profit because his own, he'll, he'll be cheap and his ownership percentage will be very low
2: some of my decisions in season long like bradford or tyrod taylor i actually might give tyrod taylor the nod there mm-hmm. uh, bradford or uh Jameis Winston,
1: yeah, uh, I think that's
2: pretty tough. I'm probably going to go gonna Bradford tough one. there.
1: I would look uh, for owners that are out there that are maybe in twelve or less team leagues. I would take a look at Andy Dalton's availability yeah. this week against the Ravens. I, I mean, if you're looking for another option there, I think the I mean the Ravens' pasty has been pretty weak, not only last year but this season early on as well. So I, I'm giving Dalton a look. The availability might not be there, but uh, of course I, l- I like him a little bit more than Bradford this week and and. uh yeah, probably Dalton a little bit more than Taylor or or Winston, but I, I I would go Taylor next up on that list just because of the rushing yard potential.
2: Yeah, I I go I'm gonna go Taylor over Bradford, but I think I'm gonna go Bradford over Jameis. Uh and I think I like Taylor a little more than Andy Dalton. I think Dalton could have somewhat of a quiet game here against the Ravens, but uh Tyrod Taylor, yeah, the the safety net with the rushing yards is so big. Mm -hmm. and he didn't really play that well last week, threw three picks, uh, got sacked several times, but at the same time, big fantasy, day because he was coming back from a big deficit, rushed for a lot of yards, rushed for a TD, and also threw three TDs. So I think Mm -hmm. the the floor on him is significant, and the the ceiling is very high, too, as we've seen. Mm -hmm. Now we'll move on. Buccaneers at Texans. Talked about Jameis Winston a little bit. Going into Texas, uh, somewhat of a tough matchup here. Texans expected to come out of this one uh, by a touchdown over under at 40. Mike Evans, big disappointment last week, got the goose egg. But practicing in full this week, you expect him to be a much more involved member of the offense this time around?
1: Yeah, I mean, I expect him to somehow find a way to get more involved, but I'm really hesitant. Last week actually worried me quite a bit just because – doesn't seem to really be getting that uh, that, that feel with the rookie quarterback, Jameis Winston, that, that you would hope he'd be getting. And uh, so, yeah, maybe a little bit hesitant there. I mean, Mike Evans only targeted three times, so maybe he was just a decoy after not practicing much of the week. There's always that possibility. Uh, I mean, and owners like myself who took a goose egg last week are going to really be tempted to bench him. I don't know if you can just yet, though. I, I mean... He has so much, he's so many skills, so much talent, and we've seen that Vincent Jackson really can't live up to previous season's expectations mm. so far, even when Evans wasn't around. So he's the number one receiver, especially with Safarian Jenkins out here for four to six, I believe. So uh, I, I think you got to find a way to go, to get Evans in your lineup, and it shouldn't be too tough because you probably drafted him early on.
2: Yeah, I gotta start him. I mean, burned me last week, but investment's too high i gotta gotta continue rolling them out there and deandre hopkins reported to 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 the team facility monday with concussion so keep an eye on him definitely gonna give him a start if he if he plays love this matchup for him but definitely a guy you'll want to uh, monitor leading up to kickoff good thing they have an early kickoff there In Houston, Chargers at Vikings. Vikings one-point favorites at home here. Over/under forty-four and a half. Keenan Allen disappointing week last week. Still like him in PPR, but I think it's going to be kind of similar to what we've seen from him over the past you know year and a half, really. I mean, dating back to last year's rookie year, he was good, but even then the touchdowns weren't through the roof. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of up and down. Volume in terms of PPR will keep him in your lineup every week, but I think in, in standard, you know, non-PPR, is kind of a risky role week to week, you know, probably a, probably a wide receiver three in most standard leagues.
1: Yeah, I've been using Keenan Allen as a flex in one of our leagues that we do together, Clay, and I'm into a tough dilemma in, in that particular league where I have to pick between Keenan Allen and Jarvis Landry. And the Vikings, I think, have a pretty respectable pass defense, despite some of what we saw from them early in the season. And Jarvis Landry and the Dolphins will be hosting the Bills at home. And I think of Landry as kind of that PPR possession receiver and, you know, what better comparison, I guess, in terms of numbers wise and and, and targets wise, than a guy like Julian Edelman, who the Bills let go off last week. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'm starting Landry over Keenan Allen this week. Yeah. But I still think Keenan Allen makes a perfectly acceptable wide receiver three in those in those formats where you need to start three. I'm not necessarily down on him. I just I, I am benching him in a, in one in scenario where I have a better option.
2: Yeah, I think that's non PPR, right?
1: Uh, it actually is. Full PPR. Oh, it is PPR. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think but Landry is same boat. Yeah, yeah,
2: I think even in non PPR, I start Landry, but I think Landry, given his role in this offense, is a better play for sure than Allen this week. Love him on a week-to-week basis. Only have a couple shares. Wish I'd targeted him more because I think he's gonna end up being possibly a top 10, 12 receiver when it's all said and done. You like Melvin Gordon to get it going this week against the Vikings?
1: Yeah, one of the toughest uh, fantasy questions I got reached out to for this week was, I got to pick one, Melvin Gordon or Amir Abdullah this week, and uh, Amir Abdullah is going to be facing a pretty tough Denver Broncos defense there. So I said Melvin Gordon. I think, uh, I mean, Danny Woodhead got almost as many if not more it might have been touches last week but you got to remember the Chargers were behind for quite a bit of that game and I think the tight turns at least this game with the Chargers Vikings is going to be a little bit closer I mean the Vikings despite being at home are only one point favorites so it's really close to a pick them essentially and I think this game's a lot closer I think Melvin Gordon finds his way to 15-20 touches at least and turns it into 80 yards maybe a touchdown and I think that's enough to shell out his comparison Amir Abdul I mean on the value meter this week last time I checked those two are 30 31 uh, right in a row so it's one of the tough like I said one of the tougher ones I've had to answer but I'm pretty optimistic about Melvin Gordon getting it done this week we saw what Carlos Hyde did to the Vikings week one so I think Gordon's going to show some of that big playability that that warranted such a high draft pick
2: fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting week three draftkings will be hosting a hosting another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Steelers at Rams. This one to pick them over under 47.5. Big return here, of course, of Le'Veon Bell. Steelers' offense looked great last week Then you add in Le'Veon. I think he'll be heavily involved right off the bat. Does this take away from Antonio Brown or any other members of this offense at all?
1: No, I mean, I don't think so much. They were really uh, handing the ball off to DeAndre Williams quite a bit, and I think based on that performance, I still think you have to give – D'Angelo Williams three or four carries that doesn't sour me on on no. Le'Veon Bell at all maybe Antonio Brown gets a target or two less but I think Antonio Brown's a threat to go for eight for 150 and a touchdown every single time he takes the field and that's regardless of who else is around him who knows maybe even having Le'Veon Bell went, might, might force opposing defenses to you know get an extra guy in the box and and maybe that could even help Brown. I, I, I'm not any less confident on Brown than I was uh, early on. I've, I've fielded a couple trade offers for him, but I have still not agreed to give him up in, a, in any scenario. No. So, uh, I mean, throwing out all your all your Steelers starters yeah. in this game, I, I, w- I would say. So even though the Rams' defense a little bit tough at times, and the Steelers are playing on the road, but this is. Quite possibly, I'd say right up there with Green Bay, as far as best offenses in the National Football League. Uh, and You might even be able to put that crown on Pittsburgh. Just yep. so many weapons, and and, and Le'Veon Bell's going to lead that charge.
2: I'm with you. The, but on the other side of the Steelers, the defense has looked pretty bad. I know a lot of people like Nick Foles is maybe a, a tournament play, maybe a 2QB play for sure. I think he's pretty much within most people's top 15s for the week. Are you in agreement there? Do you think Foles has a pretty good fantasy day, even in possibly a losing effort?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jeff's got him at number 12 overall. Um, He seems to be healthy, seems to be ready to go. He's got him just ahead of Eli Manning tonight against Mm -hmm. Washington, so that's a little bit of intriguing play. Actually, ahead of both Mannings, Peyton and Eli, (laughs) 13-14, they're sitting there uh, for the QB rankings this week. So, no, I can see where you're coming from with Foles, and if – your starting quarterback has a tough matchup. Maybe if, uh, I don't know, if, you, if you've got a Bradford or if you've got a Tannehill playing with a tough matchup. I mean, it didn't the Bills didn't stop Brady last week, but you have to consider throwing foals out there.
2: 49ers at Cardinals. Cardinals seven-point favorites at home over under 44. Carson Palmer getting a lot of love as an elite QB play this week. I, I kind of agree, I think, against the Niners really – They looked good in week one, but I think they're more so what we saw in week two. I think the Vikings just weren't clicking in week one and made the Niners' defense look pretty good. A couple quick start sits for this one. Torrey Smith, big game last week, but a a clunker in week one. What do you think here, especially against a guy like Patrick Peters?
1: Yeah, Torrey Smith's going to be one of those. I I always like to compare guys to Martavis Bryant from last year, but he's almost an all or nothing play on a week-to-week basis and if he sees a lot of Patrick Peterson this week which is what I would expect I mean maybe Peterson will, will see a little bit of Bolden but I expect Peterson to shadow mostly Torrey Smith on the outside uh, if that's the case I'm, I'm thinking we might have one of those one one or two catches for 15 to 25 yard type games out of Torrey Smith so probably I'm avoiding him where I can
2: yeah same in that Kick return yards league. Like, I'm starting Travis Benjamin over him, so that kind of speaks to yep. uh, how I feel about Tory Smith. What about Chris Johnson or or David Johnson? David I'm, Johnson's really been getting it done with his limited touches.
1: Yeah, David Johnson. I mean, sooner or later, Bruce Arians is going to have to let him out of his cage. So something to think about there. I mean, I think David Johnson is a reasonable flex spot. I think uh, Chris Johnson has a little bit of a higher floor just because he'll probably get more touches, more carries. But David Johnson absolutely has a higher ceiling. So you analyze the rest of your matchup, see if you're a huge underdog or if it's projected to be a close matchup. In a close matchup, I go Chris if you got to make up some ground because you're you're dealing with uh, you're, you're debilitated in other areas. Then probably go David.
2: Yeah, David Johnson, another guy I really like in return yardage leagues. Mm-hmm. But I did trade him in my league to get a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Uh, but then I lost Romo, and that was a two QB league, so yeah, uh, that just—I mean, I needed a guy like Tyrod. And Tyrod and the Bills travel to Miami this week to, to face the Dolphins. Dolphins two and a half point favorites over under forty three here. I mean, the price on Tyrod, even after that big game last week, still just fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. Do you think he comes back down to earth? I mean, this is a tough matchup, but do you think at that price he warrants at least one uh, inclusion in a lineup?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd put him in a lineup at 5,800, especially, uh, I I don't know, I've got Aaron Rodgers in a lot of lineups. We might touch on that a little bit later, but I do like to try to build in other areas of my lineup, and I think Tyrod Taylor at 5,800 on DraftKings allows you plenty of flexibility, and and the matchup seems reasonable enough.
2: Yeah, I I think... I'm going to at least put one lineup together with him in there, and I have him in season long. Of course, I had Romo in a 2QB league, but also several other just standard leagues. I think Tyrod is a great plug-and-play because he's still available in quite a few leagues, and I think that you know owners need to rectify that and get him at least owned. Should be a backup. I even have him as a third QB in one league, so I think you get him, see how it pans out. He's not going to have you 30-plus know, points every week, but I think... He's a good bet for 15-plus every week just given his his rushing ability. But Bears at Seahawks. Seahawks, massive 15-and-a-half point favorites here, over under 43-and-a-half. Largest spread of the week here. Jimmy Graham disgruntled about his role. Said to be pissed off Uh, not happy. But do you expect him to get more involved, especially against this Bears defense that's just been abysmal?
1: There's no more perfect of a matchup for him to do it. So, I mean, if you drafted Jimmy Graham, benching him isn't even close to being an option at this point. And that especially holds true this week against the Bears, where the Seahawks are the biggest favorites out of any any team this week. Big time spread there. Uh, right? I mean, just a point extra compared to the New England game there. So uh, I I think the Seahawks win. They win big, and it could be one of the better fantasy days for from everyone from Wilson to Lynch to Baldwin to Jimmy Graham to... Tyler Lockett, Jermaine Curse, I think they're yeah. all going to have pretty big days tomorrow, or Sunday. I'm, excuse me.
2: Jimmy Clausen getting the start for the Bears here with Cutler expected out. And, yeah. I mean, if
1: you're still alive in survival, I think you have to go yeah. Seattle. There's oh, no yeah. way around that this week, even though they're 0 two.
2: Oh yeah, if I bought back in too, I've been putting all my money on the Seahawks here. Does Jimmy Clausen? Does his you know inclusion in the starting lineup? scare you as, as far as the receiving options for the bears uh, namely alshon jeffrey
1: oh i mean all the receiving options for the bears are pretty banged up to be mm-hmm. honest uh i'm just i mean the top three guys in the on the depth chart jeffrey royal and wilson i don't know if i'd say a coin toss but both all three of them are at risk of not playing there alshon jeffrey let's see he did not even practice thursday so oh, the, wow. i i just uh called it up right now and it looks like that was recently updated here by us he at rotowire it. so i i yeah uh, even if
2: I, he's active i don't think he can start yeah you know,
1: i mean jeffrey's got the physical tools where if he is active for whatever reason uh any quarterback should be able to get him the ball but if you're an opposing defense you pretty much i mean you got to key in on that or maybe you key in on forte it's tough to tell but I'm, I'm hesitant i'm watching it all very very closely
2: now sunday night game broncos at lions interesting matchup here broncos three-point favorites on the road, over under 44-and-a-half. The, the Broncos' defense has really been one of the stories of the early part of the season. They've been great, especially for fantasy. Mm-hmm. They've been outstanding. So I, I, even in this road matchup, against a pretty good offense. I like them. What do you think of Peyton Manning? Do you think he has a good game indoors against this Lions secondary?
1: I, I'd say he has a better game, but I'm still, you know, even after the second half of last week uh, in the early game, I, it's not like I'm super – Super high on, on on a crazy turnaround. All of a sudden, I'm still a little bit hesitant on him. I think, uh, you know, his spot outside of the top ten in quarterbacks for this week is perfectly warranted. Uh, I I am starting to worry a little bit if I'm a Manning owner and uh, you know, starting to gather my backups, see checking the waiver wire for guys like Foles, even Dalton and Tyrod Taylor,
2: C.J. Anderson. You starting him this week? I mean, this is a pretty tough matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, Detroit Lions' run defense isn't quite what it used to be without uh, Nadamak and Sue, of course. So you got to think about it a a little bit. Uh, You're reviewing your options, but at the same time, you drafted CJ Anderson to be your RB1. And, you know, I think they'll find a way to get him the ball on tosses and screens, even if they're not going to come right at guys like Halodi Nada inside. So I I would say, yeah, go ahead and start him. Uh, I think. For Peyton Manning to be successful, one way to get that going is is the check down to C.J. Anderson.
2: And finally, Monday night game, Chiefs at Packers. Packers 7.5-point favorites over under 49. Jake, you were at Lambeau last week for that last game. Any big takeaways?
1: Any big takeaways? That, that was just as loud as any playoff game I've ever been to there. It was uh, pretty crazy, and I think that crowd rightfully deserving to get their second nationally televised game in a row. I think this game... Is going to be an exciting game to watch. It's the highest over under of the week. So I think there's going to be absolute, uh, a lot of fantasy studs in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers, of course, you're playing him. He's, he's even in, especially in cash games, at $8,000 on DraftKings. I think uh, as the top price quarterback, you're going to have a tough time fading him. I think uh, now it's not that I'm down on the Chiefs defense, but if the Chiefs can keep this game close at all, mm-hmm. then and, and force. The Packers and Rodgers to a point where they can't become, you know, they're not going to try to run the ball and run all clock and and stay in it and to always stay a score or two ahead. I think Rodgers could very easily get three or four touchdowns. I'm betting James Jones gets another one. I could see Richard Rodgers getting one more. Maybe even a little Ty Montgomery action we'll see here. Of course, Eddie Lacy, the big question here, if you – if if he plays and if so how much he plays so I'm I'm really hesitant on Lacey Lacey owner should go out and grab Jimmy Starks right away and uh, and 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 maybe wait that out so uh, but other than that uh, I'm pretty high on both these guys I'm also pretty high on Jamal Charles too Green Bay's allowed some running backs Uh, well they pretty much bottled up Lynch last week but Matt Forte had a pretty nice game against them week one I think uh, Jamal Charles will will, will find the end zone and, and rack up quite a few yards from scrimmage in an effort to keep this game close.
2: Yeah, I love Charles. I love Travis Kelsey, too. Mm-hmm. Even Macklin. I get that you know, The against the Broncos last week, the Chiefs were pretty abysmal, but uh, and they just don't really throw to their wide receivers much. But I still think all three of those guys uh, should be started in most formats because this this Packers defense is a little shaky right now. Mm-hmm. Quick updates on Lacey and Devontae Adams. Lacey didn't practice Thursday, Oop. still dealing with that ankle injury. wasn't actually at the facility, apparently. Uh which is a bit surprising. Adams was. Yep. But the fact that these two guys are both sitting on Thursday makes me a little hesitant. I get mm-hmm. that it is. It's a you know, Monday, it is so Monday. they have yeah. a day. Yeah. They still know. have, you know, if they were at least to practice in limited capacity mm-hmm. on Friday, you'd yeah. feel better about it. But far from certain.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see Elshawn Jeffrey mispractice Thursday. That means. An entirely yeah. different thing than Eddie Lacy missing practice Thursday, just because of that extra day. Mm-hmm. Now tomorrow, if those guys miss practice, um, you start to you start to worry a little bit there. And um, I, I mean, I am watching it and and seeing what, what we can do there because uh, I want to see them at least get involved on a limited basis before I use them. Do you think Adams
2: maybe could be just a, a bust? I mean, James Jones heavily involved and. I like Adams' talent, but he did not look the same after returning from that ankle injury. I'm a little worried that that could linger.
1: I think he'll be—he won't be an overall bust, but he'll be kind of a bust relative to where he was taken in drafts. In the
2: later drafts, yeah, especially in the
1: later drafts, people that uh, got—I mean, if, if you got him in the sixth, seventh round in an early draft. I'd say you're fine. Yeah. Um and he's he'll return that value over the course of a season if you spent a third round pick on him in a, in, a, in a draft right before the start of the season. I'm not so optimistic he returns that value.
2: Well, that'll do it for the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. Thank you for listening. The podcast is brought to you by draftkings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you make your deposit. For a free contest entry today Also check out Rotowire free for 10 days By going to com Slash pod that's com Slash pod for Jake Letarski At jakeski52 I'm Clay Link at Clay W Link On Twitter we'll be back with you guys On Friday